This is episode number 138. How can juggling improve your memory, focus, movement, and vision? With Xander Phelps. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Out Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few brief announcements. First one being an invitation to all of our listeners for an upcoming weekly call that we've been hosting on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time called Courageous Conversations. This is a space where we come together as a community and discuss a topic that matters most in our lives. If you would like to know more details about when this event takes place and how you can join any of these upcoming calls, please leave us a message through our website and we'll be happy to respond to you with all the details. The second announcement that I would like to make is a shout out to our review of the week, which comes from Daniela Goldin. I'm honored to have done a podcast interview with Oleg for Overcoming Odds. They're doing great work that's important for each of us. We all have struggles that we must navigate. These podcasts provide real life examples that inform and inspire their viewers. We are not alone in our journeys. And they are much more enjoyable when we can share our examples and learn from others. Thank you so much, Daniela, for that wonderful review. If you want to be featured on our review of the week, go ahead and leave us one on Facebook, iTunes, or Google, and we'll be happy to feature you. Now, let's get back to our show. Xander, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Oli. Great to be here. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so yeah. much for joining. Um, before we dive into the episode and this concept that, as I mentioned to you earlier, I've never had a conversation around. So I'm really fortunate that we're able to do this now. I want to give you a chance and introduce yourself to the audience as far as who is Xander. Okay. Well, um, Xander, I, I officially go by the title Fool of Play. So, <laughs> right. Um, basically, I'm an ambassador of play. I, I, I kind of share or preach kind of that. Uh, play is our fundamental purpose. I, mm-hmm. I truly believe that, that all of this was created for us to explore a physical body and, and explore a playground. So how do I ex- how to express that in the optimal way of reminding us that when we come here, we're in a play-filled state. I believe when we come here, when we arrive here our, mm-hmm. as babies, we want to explore our world and, we, and we're trying to play with things just to have a, a meaning to it. And then as we grow up and we're trained to believe that work is more important than play and stop, stop doing that because it's, it's counterproductive. And so we mm-hmm. shut down that part of us that really wants to explore that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, I, I try and find various ways of playing and mm-hmm. juggling is juggling is one of the most phenomenal ways I've come across. Mm-hmm. So. When did you start that? When did you start? When did you first start to juggle? Um, I started juggling in, uh, 1996. Um, I, I'd started traveling with a backpack and I had a, uh, a foot bag or, you know, a hacky sack is what generically is called. Um, and I was traveling in Indonesia and I'd met up with some Danish friends, uh, who were, who were 
uh, traveling around. They were surfing around Indonesia, and I was just hung out with them and, and hacked all the time. And then they asked me if I started if I knew how to juggle, and I said no. And they okay, where are you going to start learning now? And so the we started off with fruit rambutans, and so mm-hmm. I started learning how to juggle, and it took me about two weeks to be able to juggle three balls. And so it was, it was, you know, it was very challenging for me to do it, but I just kept on doing it. And they kept on saying, you got to learn how to do this. You got to learn. It's, it's amazing. So, um, and then I got, they invited me to come back to hang out with them in Denmark. So I, I hung out in Denmark during the winter time. And uh, so you, you go basically go from one person's house to another because it's very cold. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> you know, we just, we huddled together and walk over to another friend's house and then all of their friends had juggling balls at their place. So I just, over that course of that winter, I started practicing more and more and, and learning new tricks. Mm-hmm. So. When, when does it go? Because one of the things that I've struggled with when it comes to juggling is having it go from a task that is extremely difficult to a task to something that I actually can play and enjoy. When did, when did that happen for you? Well, that, the great thing about juggling and the challenging thing about juggling is you always, like for me, I always want to learn a new trick. I mean, there's, there's the, the, there's the, we can go into the science a little bit about it, why, why that's important. But mm-hmm. you, once, you, once you get the basic cascade, which is a three balls, you get that going, there's a point when, it, when the new trick will click in. Like you go through this stage where it's very frustrating, very frustrating, and all of a sudden it clicks and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting this. And then, and then you'll lock it in and you'll continue to get better and better at it as once it's locked in. But every time you learn a new trick, you go back to that frustration stage. You go to that point where you're just like, ah, and then huh. you eventually get over it. So that's, it's, I call it a, a, a tolerance for frustration builder because mm-hmm. it's, it, it continually will knock you down, but you, you learn to get past it. And then the rewards of it is every trick that you do, you, you, like you impress yourself. You know, mm-hmm. every time I'm juggling, I'm like, oh, that's cool. My brain, my brain gives me those warm fuzzies, uh, especially if I'm, you know, I'm walking down the street. I, I like to walk down the street and juggle a lot. My brain just goes, oh, God, but that's a great one. You know, you did this, you know, and, and I get those positive reminders all the time, which is really cool for me. You know, it's a, it's a positive builder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, How does it, you mentioned, you mentioned briefly as far as the, the science behind juggling and how it actually impacts our brain. I really want to dive into that and help people understand, and myself included, the impact that it can have on ourselves and our ability to see and act differently in the world that we're living. So take us through whatever the step one of that science that we can all understand as far as what does juggling actually do and what type of impact can it have on our brain activity? Perfect. Um, I start off by, uh, by saying usually if people knew how good juggling was for you, everyone mm-hmm. would do it. Like if you, if you knew how much, how beneficial it was for your brain. So the science behind it, um, the list of things that they have for it, it's first of all, it's, it's one of the things that builds white as well as gray matter for the brain. So scientifically, that's extraordinary. There's very few things that actually can do that. Um, the the way the brain connects the left right hemispheres is also extraordinary because you're pinging the left and the right side of your brain, but you're doing it in this rhythm patterns, which the brain really loves. So it can build these neuron connections that, uh, that accelerate communication very efficiently. So you have your corpus callosum, which is your, your basically your, 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 your between your left right hemispheres, you'll build this neuron connection that allows that communication to advance quickly. So all the communication with the brain is rapid which which helps the brain holistically mm. so th- that's a it's a totally different thing than most things like drumming is really good for that as well creating that rhythm mm-hmm. but um 
the catching and the throwing of juggling adds another element to it versus just holding the sticks. You're just holding the sticks. But with the, when you're catching and throwing, you're adding whole different neuron connections between your fingertips and the catching aspect of it. So there's more to it than just, than just that. The, the, the thing is, is that they're finding more and more how juggling affects the brain as they're discovering more and more about how the brain actually functions. Mm-hmm. So it helps with Alzheimer's. It helps with dementia. Um, I had a friend who had uh, Parkinson's disease. And so I started showing him the basics of like, you know, first squeezing, he squeezed one of the balls that I teach people how to make. Um, I, I teach people how to make these things, which are, which are little hacks, but uh-huh. you learn how to squeeze this thing and starts building neuromuscular coordination. And then he threw it back and back and forth with one hand, learning to catch and throw again, which, which starts building those neuron connections and reformulating uh, those patterns in the brain. And then, start throwing it back and forth, which creates the cross brain activity. Then he started doing two of them, throwing them back and forth. And then he asked for the third one. Before I lived, I was living on Kauai at the time, that's where I met him. He uh-huh. asked for third to learn, learn how to juggle. But this took, it took him months to do it because he was at a very severe state of trying to rebuild his brain neuron connections. But he was talking about how actually, how, how much it affected every part of his life, just from doing those, those simple things and getting the brain activated and stuff like that. So. The, the other things that it does for the brain as far as calming you down, as well as it's a, it's a focuser for the brain, as well as relaxer for the brain. So it, it puts you in a state of, uh, I call it the play flow state, but um, like it's the flow state, if you will. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, the one thing they're talking about is about putting your brain into a, a very, it, it's a stressful stru- situation, but not a, not a shutdown stressful. It's, it's where your brain is challenged, but not overly challenged that it locks, it shuts down. It puts your brain, if, if you're in that state for like 10 minutes, your brain goes into what they call the flow state. And so like engineers, they have the, they go into that state a lot. Programmers, they go into that where they, the time kind of slows down. They find new ways of, of, finding, of, of finding solutions to things. You know, the pro players get, the sports players get into a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, every shot, like, you know, that basketball has the rim around it where they can shoot it. And they're just like, woo, in this state. Juggling does that very efficiently, very quick because of the way the challenge it is for your brain. Your brain goes right to that mode very rapidly. Mm-hmm. So, but I call it, I call it the play flow state versus just the flow state because it's, I, I try to activate during my times of play to, to get me into that state. Mm-hmm. What is, what is the, I'm curious to know, what is the operating system for juggling? Is it strictly creativity or is there something else? And the reason why I ask is because when you think about math, Right, math. Every a lot of it just has to do with numbers. Science, I think it's in in my opinion numbers. But then there's also elements of kind of inspiration and seeing the future, kind of beyond the two plus two equals four, two plus two equals four, and type of mindset. In juggling, what what is that? Is it seems like a lot of it has to do with creativity, right? It's yeah. Well, it stimulates you to learn more. Um, it, it's the creative creative part about it. There's different, there's so many different aspects of juggling. I mean, there's so many, you know, like the one thing about it is like once you start doing it and you recognize how many patterns you can do with it, it's about, it's about challenging yourself to, to go further and learn more of these patterns. Like I continually am trying to learn different ways of doing it, which challenged mm-hmm. me in, in many different ways. So, um, but the beyond that of, of what that, you know, that the reasoning behind that or how to, how to go through that, it just, it opens up the door to so many possibilities. Mm-hmm. But, and is it important to make that ball yourself 
or is that something that you only teach people because it is, does that create an additional level of connection when it comes to the act of juggling? Um, well, some, some jugglers will tell you that you want to get the, the pro hacks, the heavier hat, uh, the, the, the juggling balls, specifically juggling balls. Right. Uh -huh. Um, so because of the right weight or whatever to help you balance out. Um, I, I'm for that in some ways because it makes juggling a little bit easier. But the reason why I like making these things, because I call these the ultimate play tool. They're, they're not just for juggling. They're for kicking it around. You can throw them at each other. But when you create something by yourself, uh -huh. you're putting your energy into it versus just buying something. And it's very hard to make a really good juggling ball, but to make these things is very simple. Uh -huh. And this is enough. This is another brain exercise because it's it's um, the pattern of it is is taking two of the same patterns and creating a three dimensional object out of it. So um, when you're making when you're making it two, you're, you actually sew an infinity symbol, if you will, a, a figure eight symbol, which is huh. very unique in sewing. But um, that left and right pattern of sewing, using your left and right hands while doing something different on each side, is another great brain exercise training thing. And at the end of it. Yeah, you have the ultimate play tool. So then you can, what happened to me is when I first started playing hack, um, kicking this thing around, somebody gave it to me. My friend, I had a backpack on and my friend goes, dude, this is going to be the best gift anyone's going to ever give you. Just keep it in your pocket. And he gave me one. So once I learned how to make these things, I was able to gift them away to other people with the same thing. Every time I gift one away to somebody who plays hack with me, I'm like, keep this in your pocket. It's going to be the best gift anyone's going to ever give you. And then I'll go home and make more of them. So it's a, it's, it's a amazing amazing tool to make because that's that's my whole my whole thing about creating more of a playground and spreading it quick, quickly is it by teaching people to make these things anybody can do it anywhere in the world you don't you don't need to buy anything you could download the stencil online i have a video that shows you how to make it from that stencil and then i fill it with hemp seeds uh hemp fabric with hemp seeds so it's great for teething babies as well they can buy on it to help mm -hmm. you know, with their own teething process but this thing for me is the is the is the is one of the keys because you can put them in your pocket and play anywhere. Mm -hmm. How long does it take to make one? Uh, for me, it's about two two and a half oh, 12, sorry twelve and a half minutes depending on the wind. Uh, it's 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 really it's really rapid for me to do them. I'll make I'll make four of them while watching a movie per se. Uh -huh. if I'm watching a movie, I'll just I'll throw them together. But when you first have to learn how to make, if I teach people to make them, it could take about uh, thirty minutes. An hour is like the maximum taking somebody to make it, but that's somebody who's never learned how to juggle and there was they were had to go through and they had to open it up again and redo things. But typically, I can teach somebody how to make them about thirty minutes, uh -huh. and then once you get going with it, you know, fifteen minutes is is usually the maximum that you know to make one of them. Got it. But it reminds me of those stress balls that people buy. They can squeeze or throw or somehow play with, and I think it's the same exact thing. It, part of my journey of dealing with stress is understanding where the focus is. And that's, I think, what ultimately, in my opinion, how stress continues to live is due to that focus and attention that we give it. So if we give attention to something else, instead of having it be to a particular component within our head or within our body, and then we focus it on the wall or on the ball or even the motion of squeezing it or throwing the balls back and forth, that's where I think the ultimate relief happens. Yeah, the brain. Yeah, the brain gets something else, and you, you stop. You stop being stuck in the negative. The stuff that the you get your immediate brain off of something. That's great. That's exactly mm -hmm. what. It, yeah, mm -hmm. refocusing it.
Why do you think juggling and the reason why I bring this up is because at the beginning of this conversation, I told you that I never had a conversation when it, when it comes to juggling to begin with. And it took me 27 years to have this particular conversation. And I'm curious to know why do you think juggling is not on the same playing field as far as a conversation about when it comes to some of the other more popular sports or activities, hockey sack, basketball, football, soccer, is it because of the difficulty of the game or is just something that is still new and developing? Ooh, okay. One thing that I've noticed with juggling is um, babies as well as the elderly are mm-hmm. impressed by it. You know what I mean? Like if I'm juggling, a baby will lock eye contact and the elderly come on, oh, that's impressive. You know, it, it somehow it triggers something in us that, it's, that everything's cool. You know, I've mm-hmm. been in situations where things were going a little bit crazy and I pulled up my juggling balls to start juggling. And everyone's like, oh, wait, there's a juggler. Everything's okay. So I believe that juggling actually has something phenomenal built into it. It's something mm-hmm. that's extraordinary just for people to witness. They're like, wow, you're juggling three balls. That's pretty impressive. So um, for me, that's what's cool about it. And you can do it anywhere. It's, you don't have to have a special field. You, don't, you, you know, you can do it by yourself. and still create that environment of 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 doing something extraordinary um i mean i've played a lot of competitive sports and uh i mean as far as a physical exercise i still think that hack is one of the best physical exercises i've come across but as far as brain training goes juggling for me is is off the charts Mm. so it's it's and it's it's one of those things relatively speaking for like, you know, learning another language is extraordinary for your brain, but it mm-hmm. takes a lot of time using learning a musical instrument. Again, it's extraordinary for your brain, but it takes a lot of time juggling for the amount of time you have to put into it to get the basic three ball cascade is pretty minimal. You know, I can teach somebody about a half an hour to an hour to learn how to basically juggle three balls if they stick with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's a matter of getting past that, that, that frustration point. And a lot of people give up before that. And mm-hmm. so, and then they, and then they tell themselves they can't do it. Oh, I can't learn juggling. It's just too hard. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden that becomes the reality. So for me, being able to overcome that is part of what the great training of juggling is, is to recognize that your own, your own abilities that I've got this, Oh my God, I, I can do juggling. Now it builds that confidence that you can do other things. Mm. What's the first step that people can take besides going on your website and finding possible videos and steps that they, that people can do. What, what, what would you recommend to someone like myself who he's, his only contact with this particular thing is hearing about it and then having this conversation? The, uh, the first thing is, um, you know, have the motivation to want to do it as always. Like if you want to do something, you've got to do it. That's, 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 that's the goal. So like, I, I, when I try and share how impactful juggling is. I try and keep it from different angles to get people to recognize it is something that people want to learn how to do. And I'm like, okay, once you've got, if you have that down, you have the motivation to do it. Then I go through the steps of how to do it. Um, I teach people like use rolled up socks versus Uh those are the best. And don't use oranges or tennis balls or anything like that. If you use socks, that's the best way of doing it. And then there's, there is steps that you can take that you start with just one ball. And you learn you learn these th- these tricks to help you with one ball to start building those neuron connections, and then you start increasing to two balls. And then once you get the two ball juggling down, then you jump to a three ball juggle. Mm. But you really want to take the steps 
versus like just trying to jump into it because you want to minimize the frustration. Because if you get too frustrated too quickly, that's when people give up. And then mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to get back onto it once you, do, once you give up. Because yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just the fact of life, right? Right. It's the most difficult right. part to come back from, especially when you, when you're wanting to give up, when you've, when you fell down, but you know that you have to get back up to keep yeah. going, to keep learning in regard to the oranges or tennis balls. The reason why you wouldn't recommend that is because it's too heavy or is there something else to it? Um, I mean the tennis balls, cause they bounce around everywhere. They're just really not, and they're harder to grip. They're not, uh-huh. they're not and oranges in fruits in general. I mean, I learned with fruits initially, but we I had a, I had a whole stack of robotons when I started learning how to do it. <laughs> but right, <laughs> so they're everywhere. <laughs> but you, you want to, you, you know, you, you it's just it's they're not the easiest to learn with, and and socks are nice and squishy, and you can and and they're not going to bounce everywhere, mm-hmm. and so they're just a, a really easier way of using utilizing them. So and everyone has socks around, mm-hmm. so that that's the that's the main reason why so, Access. you know because if you drop an orange on the ground you dropped a bunch of time you got a bruised orange mm-hmm. and you're like bummed out you know especially you know apple or anything like that it doesn't it's not as it's not as optimal mm-hmm. so. the other thing that i'm curious about is when you transition between the phases of going from one ball to two to three to four to five to six and etc that is there a point where it kind of becomes the same as far as repeating the same pattern like after three balls, is it relatively the same methods and concept that you use to juggle and go into four to five to six? Or does each stage require its own kind of set of rules that you have to go by in order to make it successful? Okay, um, good question. Well, the three ball juggling, there's so many different patterns to do. So like, I like, I tell people when they're learning how to juggle, I'm like, you can stay with three ball patterns forever, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, you don't have to jump like to, to four or five balls. So I'm just, I've just started really diving into a five ball basic cascade. And I've been practicing for about six months to get it decent. And it's, it's, it's by far the hardest trick I've learned. Right. But with a two, with a three ball pattern, you can do, so many tricks behind the backs, you know, reverse cascade, waterfall, rainbow, um, mills, and there's so many just different patterns. And every time you do a different pattern, you're restructuring different neurons in your brain, Mm. right? So that's the magic. It doesn't matter if you, if you do like 13 balls in the air and Uh you're just, you're throwing them up, you're, you're throwing them higher and then doing them rapider, which is building that same neuron pathway to be stronger, which is great. Uh But for me, it's better if you take those three balls and do a series of different tricks. You're connecting the neurons different ways between the left and right hemisphere. So that's going to activate your brain to think more holistically in many different more situations. It's going to, have, it's going to allow that access to be cross, um, cross-driven a lot quicker, uh-huh. if you will. So by, by learning to do more balls, it's harder. It, it gets much more challenging. But really, I, I tell people, you're going to find so many different patterns and, and, and uh, online, there's just so many great tutors out there who are teaching people all these different ways of doing it that you're going to have an infinite amount of fun time just trying to learn with three balls, all the different things you can do. Mm-hmm. And the so, cascade I'm assuming is, what is that pattern? Is that just the pattern of going back and forth? 
that yeah, that's the one that goes there's a there's it just goes under you're throwing the balls underneath and then you uh -huh. have a reverse cascade which goes around those are the first two that you kind of learn so okay. those are the ones where, you, where you're just throwing it up like this and you're getting the, the basic three ball pattern going okay all right and, and what does the pattern describe to us and help paint this picture so assuming that i have three balls uh -huh. I'm, I'm jumping to the more advanced version because <laughs> okay. i somehow think that it's going to be easy with one even though each one's going to be a challenge but yeah. with with a three ball pattern, what is the typical motion that you go through as far as which ball goes up? And then it sounds like once one goes up, the other one goes under. So you pass yes. them under and then you, you throw them over. Yeah, if, if you where, where you was, I, I tell people uh, the balls usually want to throw them about a little bit higher than forehead height. And you want to imagine a box. So okay. if, if they, say you're, they say you're throwing from your right hand, you're trying to go to that upper left corner. And then from your, when, it, when that's at its peak, you're throwing from your left hand to the upper right hand corner. And then when that's at, at that peak, you already have the other ball going. So you start off with the ball with two hands, uh -huh. throw that one up. And then when that's the peak, you're throwing this one up and then you're throwing this one up. And then you just, you'll keep on throwing them like that right when the balls are at their peak. Uh -huh. So it's, um, you know, once you get that first, that first one going, then, you, then, you know, you've got to continue to throw them. And the natural tendency is, you know, that's when you start panicking uh -huh. and then you start, you know, you're, you're trying to grab the ball. If the toss isn't great, it, you're trying to reach everywhere for it. <laughs> right. So I, I, what I do is I, 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 one really cool trick that most people don't share when I'm, the, the three, the, the steps they teach people, not very many people know about, not very many people teach when they, when they teach the, how to learn three ball pattern. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, there, there are really good steps, but the other thing that I, I share with people that most people don't do is go in front of a bed and a wall. So if you're standing in front of the bed and a wall, you won't walk forward. A lot of people, when they start learning, they start walking forward and the bed will prevent you from doing that. The wall gives you the depth perception. So you won't be throwing the balls too far forward. And then when they drop the right on the bed versus having to pick them up off the floor which saves a lot of time and a lot of back pain. Cause if you pick them up wrong, you're causing back pain. So I'm like, I tell people, huh. if you pick them up off the floor, bend the knees, don't just try and bend over your back. All right. That's mm. a safety tip. But uh, <laughs> I never thought about it from the perspective of creating perception and, the, and that is having ha essentially creating that playing field as far as having a bed and a wall in front of you. So that way, you know how far not to throw. Because I think when, one of the reasons why I experienced the moments of frustration when it came to my experience of juggling is I actually remember this. I was standing in the middle of a room at my friend's house when I was trying to do this. And the room, as far as the couch and all the surroundings, they were too far for me to recognize mm -hmm. that, okay, if I'm standing in front of a box that's this long, then I can only throw from here to here and then down and the same thing vice versa. But if you're in an open space, it's a lot harder to yeah. understand how far does that distance need to be. And it's, it's also, I think, even more challenging to somehow understand that it, if it's shoulder width apart, but you can't really see that initially, how far, how far that looks like in this corner or this corner. Yeah. And so the other thing that I'm curious to know is when it comes to the, um, the power from each arm, how do you, how do you notice that? What if you're what if you're more dominant with your right compared to your left? How do you understand the balance between the two? You will be more dominant in one side. That's the the the, the, 
the trick to juggling is to learn how to do the tricks from both sides. Okay. So that's the, um, like when you, when you do the stepping process, the, with the one ball, that's when you really determine you're, you're going to really find out how much different the one side is, what how the right. dominant side is, but you learn this to toss, um, every one of these steps is, is focusing basically on the toss because the toss is the most important uh-huh. you know because that that's going to determine how it is how easy it is to catch so you'll, you'll quickly adapt to getting your strength to get the toss down the right level if, if as long as you're focusing on how you how high you want to throw it and that's i you know i typically say just about head height forehead height is where you want the tosses to go every single time um a lot of people will t- teach you to throw them up higher initially to throw them up a little bit higher in the air but that I don't like that as much because I want people to stay with with doing it realistically. Like the, some people teach you to start with scarves, which I think is a really waste of time. But, you know, because you throw the scarf up and the scarf takes time to come down, and it's not you're not really developing the pattern the way you want to with learning how to catch and throw the balls. Mm. So, it, you know, it's it's important once you start doing that because then you'll get the you'll get the weight ratio coming in. You'll get your tosses going based upon the ball weight. And you'll get that height going that you want to go every single time versus first learning how to do it high and then adjusting lower is not, you know, it, it, for me, it's not as efficient. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather go through the steps where I teach you how to throw the ball every single time at the same height with the one ball and then advance to two balls. Because a lot of people skip directly to two balls. They go, okay, start with one hand, one ball, one hand, one and the other, and then toss it to this height and go back and forth. And then we're going to do one side. And then we're going to switch to the other side. And, I'm, and I, I do the patterns a little bit differently. Okay. So, so essentially with one hand, what you're doing is you're developing muscle memory as far as the toss and the weight. And, and then from there, once you have developed that, it seems like it's not necessarily easier, but it is in a way to add a different one because all you're doing is just adding one more ball, but you've already developed the muscle memory in both arms. Correct? Yes. And in, in the, in the, with the, when you're doing with the one ball patterns, it's, 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 you're doing one thing with one hand and doing something with the other hand, even though you're catching the ball with one hand, uh-huh. you're doing something else with the other hand. That's going to help you with the, the crossover. Right. So Got even it. though the one, the one ball I'm, I'm tossing up and I'm pushing the other hand underneath, this is like a movement that you would do in juggling. And the second one I'm tossing between two, you know, the hands, it's just one ball. And then the third one, I'm still using one ball, but I'm, I'm, I'm crossing over another way another way of crossing over the brain so it's, cool. it's starting to build the what i call the the neuron bridge between the two sides it's creating this foundation of the neurons to connect easily and so once you get that third ball in you already have the foundation there for those neurons then you connect with the three ball and then the brain clears away all the unnecessary neurons right it, so it, start, it. it starts optimizing so that's where you get the that's where the brain functions at its best is if you start building up that neuron bridge with a solid foundation, then it's e- much easier to create that pattern. Mm-hmm. So, Xander, yeah. where do people find more about your practice? And are there any videos available to those of us who are in the beginning stages of learning something like this that people can access? Um, at the website, which is hackido.org, that's H-A-C-K-I-D-O.org. Um, I mean, I have the, 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 there's a whole section there on juggling, which taught mm-hmm. had a video on there. And then there's the section on how to build the hacks on there as well with a video that you can, in a stencil you could download. Um, and I have my, my introductory tutorial on how to juggle uh, the how and why of juggling actually. Cause, um, so it explains a little bit more about the, the science behind it. 
And I'm going to put together a really fun video of, of the actual going in more into the depth of the neurology behind it and, and the neuroscience mm. and, and what it actually means. I've got a whole doctor outfit I got to put on to, try <laughs> to, you know, to explain, you know, the whole, the whole why, why it's so extraordinary. Because, you know, again, I, every time I look it up on the internet, I find some other really new video that's out about it. that's explaining, you know, why juggling is so cool. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's just phenomenal. I mean, I really, I really like, I didn't know any of this when I started juggling. Uh -huh. I just did it because it was fun and it was something to do to, to keep me entertained all the time. I mean, that's another great thing about it. I mean, like you want to talk about helping people to, to find something to do that's entertaining, that, that they can get them away from their screens a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and, and trying something new that's challenging. I mean, juggling, you could do it anywhere. And it's, it's just, it's so amazing for us. So, and the, I believe I truly believe the more jugglers we out here that have out there, the the world's gonna be a better place. Because you can mm -hmm. when you, people see jugglers, they're like, oh, I, I can juggle. I want to learn how to juggle because it's it's you know, again, <laughs> I just love it. I think it's so so great for everybody. <laughs> That's amazing. How can people help you? Ha! Learn how to juggle. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'm just spread the word. You know what I mean? That's, that's the main thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get really activated more. You know, I, I, since I moved back to the mainland here, I'm, I'm, my mission has changed. I mean, I was, when I was on Kauai, I was content with being like, you know, the, the weekend juggler guy and the hacker mm -hmm. guy. I went, I went out and just got people, tourists or anybody to play hack with me all the time. But coming back on the mainland now, I'm like, I've got to, I, my, my goal, my mission is to try and get, play mainstream you know i mean gets back on to, to recognize that we can play with each other in our world and then the world will play back with us the universe will play back with us so i'm i really you know spread the word of play learn you know learn how to make these things gift them away to people you know like uh, there's you know the, the one simple thing that can change things are these tools that you can keep in your pocket with you everywhere mm -hmm. you know and i, I had a, a fun little side note i had a couple who told me about that, how they would if they got into an argument uh, they would take this and go, let's go bean. And they would stand together, <laughs> right? And the rule was that they couldn't dodge it. They can catch it, but they would just start throwing it at each other as hard as they could. Mm -hmm. And they just talked about how it changed the whole meaning of an argument into play for them. And so it lost all of its negativity. And they, the guy, they were just talking about how, how much closer it brought to them. And this was years late. Like they, I, I gave them a hack like years before and they met me on Kauai again. They're like, dude, you gave us a hack like three years ago. I'm like, great. They're like, no, we went traveling with it. It's great for traveling. I'm like, oh, I know. And then hmm. they explained the beaning thing to me. And they were just like, it was extraordinary the way it bonded us in a whole different level. And it was just from throwing this thing at each other. Mm -hmm. So because it, it doesn't hurt, it's, you know, it's made from hemp seeds, so it doesn't mm -hmm. hurt being somebody. So it's just another, it's another great way of doing it. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I, I, I think play is, is one of the equations that we're missing as far as like, you know, the reason, the purpose. Mm -hmm. Does the process, do you have to restart the process of learning how to juggle every time you change uh, the object? The object or, um, well, the, the, for example, if you go from what you from the the traditional bean to let's say juggling glasses, like uh, full like you know cup size glasses, like is that do you do is it important to start with the one every single time you change the object, in order to gain an understanding of how much it weighs, how high you have to throw it, or can you once you've learned it, 
as far as how to juggle with three to four to five, can you just change the object and then start at that three to four to five phase or is, or do you, should you always start with just doing it with one to begin okay. with? Um, well, first, uh, for safety's sake, no juggling with glasses. <laughs> <laughs> this is just an image that I had of going into a restaurant one day and just picking up a couple of glasses and just going at it. Um, it's, uh, no, no, you, you could, yeah, once, you, once you get the pattern down, you can pretty much do it with anything. It just takes a little bit of a transition. I just did one, a, a funny spoof on toilet paper. So, uh, you know, so I, I was juggling toilet paper and then th afterwards throwing up $20 bills because I'm like, you know, that's like, you know that's, that's how much toilet paper is worth now. But, you know, I, the pattern's the same. It's just, it's the object's a little bit different. So you have to adjust how you're catching it, how you're throwing it, depending on the size of the object. Got it. So like people who do like juggle, you know, a chainsaw and a bowling ball and a, and a, and a pin and one, you know, doing that same thing. They're just using the same pattern, but they're adjusting their tosses depending on the size of the object. But once you've got the pattern down, then you, then you just, you, then it's locked in and you can just do little micro movements of, of depending on the weight and things like that. Mm -hmm. I just have this image of next time I'm at a restaurant, this is after I learn how to juggle and let's say a server walks by me and she accidentally drops all the glasses of water and I'm there kind of picking it up off the ground and I start juggling it and able to stack it up. It might be a crazy imagination I'm having right now, <laughs> but I was just curious, video does, the, do does the practice translate over into times when the object changes? It's, I mean, it, it, the glasses would be, would be challenging for juggling because of the way they rotate and things uh -huh. like that. And, and, and so there would be, there would be, extremely challenging to do and then plus you have the added fear of dropping one <laughs> that, adds, that adds a little bit of pressure to the brain you know yeah. that's the you know that's why I, that's another reason why i don't really recommend fruits because you're fearing dropping them you know what i mean mm. it's, so, so that adds that adds another dimension to it because once realistically i get a pattern when my brain says you've got this you don't i'm not worrying about it and stressing about it. my muscles relax into it because I know I've had it. And that's just from repetition of throwing it over and over again. You know, I mean, because you have to, to get at the five ball pattern, somebody was calculating, you have to throw the balls a million times back and forth to get that pattern going, to get uh -huh. your brain to recognize that you've got it. But that's when I feel, when I'm in a state of relaxation with my juggling, mm -hmm. that's, that's when I'm juggling at my best, right? And so if you add any element to that, 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 that adds that extra, oh my gosh, I can't drop this factor. Like I was walking over this one, this one edge, edge thing that if I dropped one of them, I was going to lose the hat. Uh -huh. I mean, it added another element to it of like, oh shoot. And I was more stressed about it, but you know, it's, it's just, it's just another thing, mm -hmm. another element. What do you do to, I guess you could say neutralize the the well-being or the state of being that you're at because it sounds like if fear is a big component of it that juggling during a time when you're experiencing some sort of adversity or a challenge may be difficult compared to, to the times when you're not experiencing that so what do you do to personally kind of reset yourself and create that equal playing field no matter what the situation may be well, the juggling, I, I, juggling is one of those things that because of the focus energy it takes to, to, for your brain to focus on it, things oh, disappear, okay. other things okay. disappear. So it's one of the things I recommend for people if they are in a, in a fear state or, or an extremely stressful state, mm -hmm. take out the balls and juggle and that'll 
that'll override that, that, that those emotions, those, that fear-based thing. So your mm-hmm. brain will go into a state of, of, you know, again, the relaxation while focused. It's, it's, it's a meditation in motion, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's the, one of the things that, uh, that it's, you, your brain does go into that state of, of calmness. Xander, I appreciate you being on here and sharing everything that you know when it comes to juggling and definitely not only giving me a chance to inform myself about it, but starting to do this practice. My next step is actually going to be with the socks and, and <laughs> going onto your website and seeing what I can learn from it as far as starting that process and developing it because it's something that I wanted to do for a while. The challenge is be, the challenge for me was that not only already was it difficult enough to begin with, but without guidance, it becomes nearly impossible to do. Yeah. And so having just seen it done by someone else and then explained as far as what does that process look like has been extremely helpful for me. Thank you. It's been great to be here. I mean, uh, this is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> so, you know, to be able to explore it further and, and yeah, I mean, to, to have, hear you say that and to encourage you to, to learn how to juggle, that's, that's it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Getting one person to juggle, learn how to juggle. I mean, you'll spread to other people and then, you know, other people will learn how to juggle. And I, I, again, it's one of those things like once you know, and as soon as you get the juggle, you're like, oh my gosh, how cool is this? But once you know how much juggling is good for you, then it's a matter of learning how to juggle. And then, yeah. you know, to get the steps going and to get that encouragement to, you've got this, you do have it. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm just like people, you can, you can do it if you want to. It's just having those, the little steps that build that momentum. And that's what's cool about the, the training that, that I learned how to do is, is every step of it gives you those rewards if you got this. And that's what your brain needs to continue with it and, and to get that momentum to get past the, the, the little frustrations of, and then you got the reward. And then mm-hmm. it's been your golden. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our future episodes so you can receive all of our latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review so more people can get in touch with these inspiring stories. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next week.